Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another exciting episode of Open Mind Radio Podcast. Hey, man, um, I'm just sitting back. And um, um, if you listen to any previous podcast, uh, the one where I did with Andy Klein, I was talking about, I believe I was talking about what I was doing my quality time, how am I, um, how am I dealing with the pandemic and how am I handling, because I'm currently working from home, um, living in Virginia. So, you know, we're doing the June 10th thing, things to Governor uh, Northam and some of the things that I've been doing um, to handle the pandemic. One of the, one of the um, one of the remedies that I've done, well, not so much remedies, but one of the ways I've been able to not so much kill time, but to make better use of my time, has been being able to um, incorporate exercising and dieting and things of that nature. Shout out to Fit Body Boot Camp. Um, that being said, um, thanks to them and through them, I've decided to start doing a little bit of yoga because you got to stretch those muscles out, uh, elongate them, as they say. You got to elongate the muscles. Um, I have yet to do any of those things yet as far as yoga, but I have. I'm proud to announce that I've been exercising on the regular um, four to five days a week um, using the Fit Body Boot Camp um, regiment and coaching staff. Um, very viable um to incorporate to your life, um, high intensity interval exercises or training, um, high, yes, high interval intensity training. Um, it's just 30 minutes out of your day. Um, think about what you do, um, why you're at home, why you're teleworking, what are you doing and what, and what would you do and how could you incorporate just a little bit of exercise in your life? If you're interested in learning more about, um, fit body bootcamp and, High in interval intensity training. I may not. Be, I may got my eyes switched up or whatever. Uh, let me know. Like I said, I've been doing it for about uh, four or five weeks now. The results are there. They even give you a training. They even give you a training and also a dieting, um, a dieting uh, course, um, meal plan, and uh, it's helped me out um, tremendously. But hey, enough about that. <laughs> you know what time it is. I got my man Chris Lambert coming in um, as our guest this evening. And um, without any further ado, uh, ado, you know what's up. The same my name. My name is Deja Brown. And you're listening to. And you're listening to. The open mic. The open mic. Podcast. podcast. Pop, 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 podcast. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. No, no, no more troubles. No more troubles. Oh, yeah. What's going on, ones and twos? What's going on, y'all? All the new subscribers, I want to welcome y'all to another exciting episode of the Open Mic Radio Podcast, 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 Podcast. Podcast, 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 podcast. Yeah. If you're a lady right now and you're sitting in your chair, put your hands on your knees and put your hands on your knees and twerk to the open mic radio. Podcast, 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 podcast. Hey, shout out to my man Infrared Cryptos. Infrared cryptos on SoundCloud for the beat, y'all. And um, this evening, 
I got my man Chris Lambert coming through. He's going to be talking about his upcoming projects, all of his his album coming out, his podcast. I was just on it, Mondown Festival podcast. I did pronounce that right. Whole bunch of shows in the bag. Whole lot of great guests. Some of you may know, some of you may not have heard of before, but everything is going to be hype. Ladies, are you still twerking in your open mic radio podcast? Podcast, 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 podcast. Yo, I have over 5,000 emails on my phone right now. I have not read an email since the quarantine, and I don't plan on reading any of them because none of them are opportunities. They're all letting me know that, hey, due to COVID-19, we have changed our practices and um, accepting your money, but you still got to pay your bill. I don't, need that. I don't need that information. I don't need that negativity in my life. I don't need that. Ladies, is your hands on your knees? Is your hands on your knees? Hell, my hands on my knees. I'm doing a butterfly podcast, 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 podcast. I'm so hyped, man. Whole bunch of shows are going to be in the bag. Hope you enjoyed the first, um, our latest episode, Vintage Klein. Um, now I'm committed to the name, so I have to call it Vintage Klein. Without any further ado, Let's go ahead and start the show. Calm down, Infrared Crypto. Calm down, sir. Calm down, sir. Oh, my God. Hey, man. Welcome. Welcome to my radio podcast. Thank y'all for listening. Thank y'all for coming through. I really appreciate it. Y'all don't understand how much uh, I subscribe, uh, how much I appreciate y'all, y'all's patience in this um, in this time where I, I normally don't podcast at all. Um <laughs> So for that, I want to I want y'all to give yourselves a round of applause for coming out this evening and just hanging and banging with me for about an hour, hour and a half. I don't know. We'll see how God, you know, what, how God leads our heart. You know, um, you know. Um, I want to shout out all the ones and twos out there. You know, just keep clapping. All the ones and twos out there who are still who are still out there. Subscribe, all forty of y'all, all forty four y'all. Thank y'all. Thank y'all for still being down, man. Um, leave your comments. Leave your leave your leave your comments. Click that subscribe button on Podbean. Click it on iTunes. If you're on Spotify, add me to you must listen list. I mean, hey, look, keep clapping, y'all. So don't stop. Don't stop. Add me. Add me to your Spotify playlist. Make me a regular. I'm putting out prime content while everybody else is on Zoom and IG Live, which I am too. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. Watch this now. I'm doing this to my dedicated listeners. You know what I'm saying? Don't stop clapping, y'all. Come on. Don't stop clapping. Keep, keep it going for me. And um, shout out to everybody who is, who is out there practicing great pandemic procedures. You're not out here mad. You're not out here mad because you got arrested with your family at the playground um, not adhering to the shelter-in-place orders. I just saw this live video the other day um, where um, um, a lady was filming a cop arresting a mom, white people, um, at a park who was adhering to the uh, shelter-in-place orders because they feel like white people are upset that their liberties have been stricken from them because of this pandemic. And instead of just saying, hey, um, um, I don't, I, I want to, you know, I, I, you know, we're going to suck it up. You know, you got Georgia who wants their hair salons open, want their barbershops open, want their nails shops open. All of these things. If you, hey, Florida's open if you want to go swim. Anyway, so this lady gets arrested. She's a mom. 
And I don't want to say Karen because apparently Karen is worse than saying the N word. Karen, the K's are out here and she's filming this on live. And she's like, oh my God, you arrested her and her child is still on the playground. Oh my God, she has handcuffs. You handcuffed her in front of her child. Oh my God, what are you doing? And I'm, I'm looking at this live video. It was going on for like three hours. And she was like, what is your badge number? And one of the cops was like, "Uh, my badge number is 3409. He was like, oh my God, his name is Detective Fluxtafluss. And his badge number is 3049. And they're just mistreating her. Oh my God. Please, no, don't do this to our community. We've been, our liberties. We were doing nothing but watching our children play on the playground. And all I could think about was, wow, look at that shoe. Look at that shoe fitting on the other foot. And all I could think about was, wow. I can't even think of a black a black mom who could film a whole live session for three hours, <laughs> uh, let alone fifteen minutes without being threatened or told to be uh, to bat back. I mean, the cop kept his hands to himself in front of him, in front of his his crotch, um, which is a, a typical move by every man when there is a confrontation. They normally protect the crotch first. And she was like, oh, my God. And he just stood there. And she like, what's your name? He told him her name, his name. He gave her, gave him her, gave her her the badge number. And I was like, man, this dude ain't pull out a gun, no mace. The most he did was he handcuffed the mom and placed her in the back seat of a cop car. That was it. Nobody died in the making of that live video. It's crazy, right? Cops know how to do know how to handle a crowd there was no there wasn't even a back out no backup being called it was at least 40 50 60 white people out there nobody not a single piece of backup was sent back it was uh officer fluckerfless and an octopus i don't know what their real names are but we're just gonna call them octopus and fluckerfless um we're out there in <laughs> and they were um um, you know, with their hands covered their crotch. Um, with their hands in the crotch. Um, um, just protected themselves while this live video was being filmed, and I was amazed. I was, I was devastated that 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 could actually happen. Um. Um, so just, just that whole live video, I, I think I posted on my Facebook, if you're friends on my Facebook page, you go ahead and check it out. I know Twitter, um, started circulating like remnants of it, like summaries and shorts of it. And, um, you'll be amazed at, um, and astonished if you're a person of color. Um, if you're a person of color, black POC, um, or whatever, at how the level and the ability of a cop being able to to de-escalate and maintain and control a crowd without having to pull out a gun or mace and and allowing pedestrians to record them in this procedure while um, the K's are able to record peacefully 
and create havoc without even um, worrying about being shot and voice the concerns like, oh, my God, you arrested her in front of her children. Oh, my God, you got her in the police car. She is handcuffed in the back seat of a police car. Oh, my God, our liberties. Oh, no, we was doing nothing but minding our business. Oh, the irony. Anywho, we're going to take a short break. And we bring when we come back, we're going to have the big homie, Chris Lambert, on right here on the Omar Radio Podcast. We'll be right back. <laughs> What's happening, everybody? It's your boy Greg Stevens, aka Black Mayonnaise. You're listening to the Open Mic Podcast. Yeah. And we're back, everybody. Um, as promised, I'm really excited to um, bring up this next, this um, our next guest, uh, this next comedian, uh, our next guest. He's um, a comedian out, in, out of New York. Um, he has a podcast called The Mundane Festival, and he you might have seen him in a lot of TV shows. I just checked his IMBD. He's been in a lot of a lot of shows, and um, you may or may not recognize him, um, but he's in there. You know what I'm saying? A lot of IMD credits. I want to. I'm not even going to hesitate no more and bring this dude on. Give it up for my big homie, Mr. Chris Lambert. Everybody, give it up for Lambert for everybody. Hey, what up, Chris? What's, what's going on, Mike? <laughs> How's it, how are you? Hey, man, I, I'm good. Um, I just smashed my kids in Uno. Oh, that's good. That's got to be a good feeling. <laughs> I smashed them. They're ten and seven. I show no mercy. Getting the shit out of people that are 20 plus years younger than you, making you feel good about yourself. <laughs> like this, this new Uno, they have a, um, they have a card, right? Uh, it's a swap card. Mm-hmm. And, and um, it's a, like with the color wheel. And um, so basically, um, if you have that card, uh, if you save it, it's one of those save it card, right? So uh, my son, who is seven, he was finally, he thought he was, he was about to win one, right? But he didn't mm-hmm. know Daddy had the swap card, and I uh, and I threw that swap card down, and the look of disappointment and failure on his face, but so much joy to my heart. Wow. <laughs> See, I was gonna ask, did that make you kind of feel bad? But you're like, it made me feel so fucking good. <laughs> nah. Wow. It made me feel great. He, he was so bad. He was so sad. And then when I beat him and I walked away and I called them all losers, I came downstairs. I came down and started recording this podcast. <laughs> so you're going to turn them into psychos trying to beat you. Yeah. Well, that's a good. Have you seen that meme? It's like a meme of like a, a kid you, that you're playing. It's like a kid playing Uno. Mm-hmm. You can see the kid's face and you can see like the picture of the, the adult with like all the draw fours and all the like cards that can just end the game. <laughs> yeah. Like the kid smiling, but he doesn't know that the, that his dad is just going to murder him. <laughs> I got to, I got to find that meme. That's that, but explain, that explains me every single time I play them in any game. I, I want them to be as competitive um, as possible. I want, I want, I want to raise them tough. That's a good way to be. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't want them to settle. I don't want them to settle just to be second or third or fourth or whatever. I want them to, I want them to smash whatever they whatever they're doing, and um, yeah, I don't I don't want them to just to settle or whatever. But that's that's me, man. How you been? What's going on with you? How you been? I'm doing all right, man. In spite of everything, I'm trying to uh, 
find a sense of normalcy. I'm working from home every day, Monday through Friday, and mm-hmm. and uh, just trying to uh, stay alive, basically. Yeah. Are you? you know? um, do you have to check in? Like, I know with my job, at the end of the week, I have to send this long list of things I did periodically uh, throughout the week. Like, I have to do, well, on Monday, I did this, 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 and this. <laughs> then Tuesday, I did uh, no, thankfully I don't have to, but like I think they mo- I think they have a way of monitoring, but uh a lot of the stuff I do is kind of like behind the scenes type stuff. So uh mm-hmm. uh they'll know when like a, a certain thing is uploaded or they can see that new things are be add are at are being added to the system. So they, they know that I'm doing that or if they call, you know, we occasionally we'll have conference call, but I think uh now we've gotten to kind of like the sense of, of uh, normalcy within everybody working remotely. So it's, it's been pretty, it's been pretty good. Sometimes yeah. you get emails that make you roll your eyes and you're like, Oh my God. Yeah. But other than that, it's, 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 uh, it's not too, it's not that bad. Okay. Okay. I know. I'm, I'm glad to have a job. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that, Hey, Hey, I don't need complain no more. I just be like, you know what? I'm here. Yeah, <laughs> like the, yeah. the toughest thing is going from upstairs to downstairs. That's that's the <laughs> that that if that's the commute, I, I'll take. I was we was in a group chat. Um, me and my coworkers, it was talking, and um, one of my coworkers because he he's not um computerly inclined. He's not really, uh, he has like a Surface Pro, right? Which is okay. not really good for working from home. It's like working, no, it's like working with an iPad. Like this is what you're doing with it. <laughs> like, Jesus, yeah, uh, it's the Microsoft version of an iPad. And um, he was like, man, I'd rather just be at work and, um, you know, just do, you know, do the manual stuff with X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, hold on, before we start making suggestions, let me finish paying off my Discover card. And then, um, (laughs) because I'm saving a lot of money just being here right now. Mm -hmm. I still have the same ticket gas I had in April. So, (laughs) Dog, yo, man, you you ain't lying. I think I got like, my my gas tank will say, like when it gets to like 55 miles Mm -hmm. left in the tank. Yeah, that's when I should, you know, think about, you know, refilling. But I haven't, I haven't been in like, yeah, since maybe like March. Yeah, really. Yeah, yeah, like around March. Yeah, cause it's still April. That's how you know everything's still running together. It's like, yeah, since March, I, I went and got gas at Costco when it when it started dropping to like one ninety or so. Oh man! And I, I filled up, even though I still had like almost a full tank. I still filled up, and like I've had that same tank of gas for a while. And, uh, I saw some for one seventy one when I went to the store the other day. Mm-hmm. It's not, and then there's there's certain places. I live in Jersey, so there's certain places like if you're you're on a main highway, like a main drag, mm-hmm. like the gas will be a little more expensive. But if you go into a town, you know it's like it's it's going to be cheaper. But like I still saw I saw someone some a gas station one a buck seventy one uh, at one spot, and then like. 270 280 yeah. at another spot. It's like, man, y'all, come on, man. <laughs> come on, Sunoco. <laughs> do you do you trust a Sunoco? I don't trust Sunoco. Uh, it's just kind of like what's around, but there's certain I would not go there uh because I know other gas stations, but mm-hmm. if it's like a rest stop or something, you know, you kind of don't have a choice. Uh but usually it's it's somewhere like in in the neighborhood that I go to. It's like a a couple places I can go to. Okay. That's that's much cheaper. Okay. How's the um 
because I was, I was reading all something crazy. I actually went on IMBD. I did some research. So I went on IMBD. Okay. I, went, I went on your IMBD and I took some screenshots. And um, and um, how, how's because you're not you're not just a stand-up comedian. We'll talk about that too. But like I didn't know like you like <laughs> like. Like a lot of your roles, like that's what I and this wasn't a dig. It was like, yo, you may have seen, you may not have seen them because a lot of your roles are like, you know, are like, hey, hey, everybody, and then you like walk away or whatever. Um, yeah. Like, uh, like you was in the last OG. How, mm-hmm. how, how was that experience? Like, cause you were, were like you was around Tiffany Haddish and um, dang, I can't think of the dude's name, but you was I, I, I like Tiffany Haddish. I just forgot the other guy's name, but he, I know he's a legend. I'm gonna get cussed out by other comedians, but. Uh, I can't think of his name right off the top, and I have it right here in front of me. Oh <laughs> my God! Now you're now you're gonna make me. I, he's uh, let's see. Tracy Morgan. I'll look. Well, Tracy, I was not in the scene with Tracy, mm-hmm. the guy that plays her husband. He was really nice. Uh, let me see if it'll come up on this main page. Uh, Ryan Gall. Ryan Gall uh, plays her husband on the show. It was fun. Uh, a lot of my roles right now, like that, that I've gotten so far, like have been kind of like they're being, they've been co-starring roles where you just kind of, you're just kind of there. You like there for like a quick second. Yeah. Uh, you, you you blink and you'll miss me. Yeah. Uh, and but I am not mad at the residual checks at all. Okay. And, uh, I got paid those days, and uh, some I got to have a little more fun with. But this one was fun because it was one of the first times where. I had just gotten my SAG card uh, and I got to play around a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. I got the director said, Oh, you, you seem like, you know, your lines, you, you good, you know, just have a little more fun with it and just, just, you know, react. And, you know, it, it was cool. It was a lot of fun. I knew I was in for it, like working, you know, going up against Tiffany Haddish. So I didn't want her to blow me off the screen. I just wanted to be able to match what she was doing and have fun. Okay. And she was, she was real cool. She's really nice. Okay. Really, really chill. And um, so, cause I, I'm, I wanted to dabble a little bit into um, before all this happened. I wanted to expand a little bit more. Um, so how do you how do you find these roles, and how does it feel to get your SAG card? Cause I, every time I hear I, I have friends that are like actors and stuff, actors and actresses, whatever, like they brag about getting that card. <laughs> like, like, well, what they don't tell you is that it's about three grand. Uh, to get the card. And when you're at the, if you're like, everybody doesn't start off getting like a big movie role. Like, it's just like you get a big movie role and you get your, you, you join SAG and you can pay for it. If you get a big movie role, you're making probably a few, at least a few thousand, like a quite a few thousand, Yeah, you know, you're making pretty good money, but sometimes you get like a co-star role. Like you just, you may get, you may be working, you may be on a run where you're making a lot of money, mm-hmm. uh, but they have a payment plan. Uh, so I had to do the payment plan because I was, uh, I had student loans and all that stuff, but um, it's cool to get it, you know, but it's it's a union because they take care of you. Uh, mm-hmm. They make sure that you have a, a place to, uh, when you're not on, when you're not working, you have a place, like you have a, uh, a dressing room you have like a when you have a um god with big think my mem- my brain is like dying you have a place like uh to dress like a dressing room like one of those star, uh, star wagons yeah that you you know all that stuff and um that you're taking care of you're getting your residuals and getting your meals and your breaks and all that stuff 
Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it, it's good because you're you're in the game. Like that means if you have your sad card, that means you're in the game and you're uh, somebody. You're a professional. Okay. And you're not just like kind of like one of those people that are just like kind of fucking around. You're. It's uh, validation in a lot of ways. Okay. So do, yeah. is there like credit hours? To get a sad card, like, do you have to do so many rolls before you can apply for a sad card? Or if I, I yeah, it... I think so. I think it's like if you get like, I think maybe my third or fourth gig in, I was like a must join. Like you can do, like you can do like a, there's like a probationary period. Like yeah, if you get a part, uh, you might get a part in a, a on a TV show, mm-hmm. and and uh, you may you can. They send you the info right away, like, hey, this is the union, you can get insurance, and it helps you with, with all the X, Y, and Z. And, um, and then you, uh, if you keep booking work, you're going to have to join or you can't work. Okay. Yeah, so you get to the point where you have to join, and you gotta get, you got to give them that bread. You gotta come <laughs> off that bread, and let, <laughs> so you can work. It's like I'm a, I'm a, uh, up and coming actor. I'm not making all, I'm not balling like that. So you do have to. They work with you though. They work with you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. It's a good union to be in. Like if you can get in, it's a good one to be in. And you make, you got to make sure you pay your dues and all of that stuff. You know, to keep, so you can work. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, so, um, so the rows, the co-starring rows that you get, are, are do how do you like how do you find those? Do or is it like um, do you just show up or are you like oh I I I'll be because like in the um, the last OG you was the Lyft driver. Is there like like how do you get those? How do you get those type of rows or stuff like that? I have a I have a manager that uh, sends me out on the audi- on auditions, mm-hmm. and uh, it's like based on like you know this breakdowns like you you want a, a guy in his mid to late thirties. Uh, and then you bring my type in, a big, big black guy, or just somebody that's funny, somebody's able to do X, Y, and Z to fulfill the demands of what the casting director is asking for in the breakdown. And you go in, you get this, you get the sides, which is uh, the scene that you're going to be in. And, uh, and you, you know, it's always, I like to memorize the, the script, memorize the scene mm-hmm. so I can, so I can play, so I'm able to play around. And uh, just be more uh, flexible to what's going on in the in the audition, and um, because if you got your script in your hand, you can't really play. You're just thinking about your next line, yeah. as opposed to like reacting to what the the uh, other character is saying. So with this one, I had auditioned for like a bigger role, like months before, maybe like a year before they started shooting, and I didn't get a part. They asked me to come back in to read for this Lyft driver, and they needed the tape. The, they needed me to be put on tape as soon as possible. And I think I got the call at like 3 a.m. Okay. Uh, I got the, I got an email like maybe 3 a.m. from my manager, and he said, uh, you know, Chris, they want you to read for this. I think you'll be good for it. So come into my office as soon as possible. I'll put you on tape. We'll send it to him. So I went down, went into the city. I live in Jersey, so I went into the city and put my manager put me on tape. And then I went, I went to work that day. And then I found out as I was on my way home, uh, they wanted me, uh, they, they pinned me, which means that they liked me. They were sending my tape to the producers to be confirmed. 
And then by the time I got home, uh, they told me I had gotten the part and I had to go report to Brooklyn like at 6 a.m. on the next day. Ah. So I had to take off. I had to take off work. And actually, this role was initially the they had some stunt driver or like some actual a stunt guy that was doing did the part and it wasn't funny or it didn't work or something. Mm -hmm. So they had I was a replacement and they did a reshoot and um, I got the part and, you know, I had a good time on set. And uh, that's a that's a a good uh, clip that a lot of people when they see me, they kind of get a kick out of that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, um, so like we work with other comedians that, um, like for example, like we you was work with Tiffany Haddish. Who, who, uh, do you be like, hey Tiffany, uh, why I got you here? Here's my YouTube no. clip. <laughs> no, I didn't. No, I didn't. I, I, I should have. I wish that I would have talked to her about stand up a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I, we just she was t- she was really tired that day because she was coming off of like. This is around the time when Girls Trip was out, and it was just she was just starting to like really blow up. Yeah, like Girls Trip was hot, and she was she was uh, she had done letter. I think she did. I don't think what did she do? She did a. I think she did Kimmel, and she told that story about going on a Groupon trip with uh, Will and Jada. Jade, Will and Jada. Yeah, and she was like, you know, talking to Ryan about it and stuff like that, and. uh I was just the cold, you know, I was just like, let me just, I'm just here playing my part. I'm not going to try. I'm, I don't, just don't get fired. That's like my whole, <laughs> my whole MO. But if in hindsight, I would have said, hey, Tiffany, I'm a comic. Uh, when, where are you getting up while you're in town? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I would have tried it. But at the end of, by the end of the day, I was making her laugh and stuff. We were like, had like small talk and I made her laugh a few times. Okay. That's okay. Cool. Cool. Mm-hmm. All right. Cool. So, um, and um, I, I do this thing since you like doing my podcast. Uh, I did the same thing to Andy uh, yesterday, and uh, okay. I, I do these inside uh, a current affair inside edition type questions. <laughs> okay, <laughs> right, you know, but um, yeah, man. Because uh, when I did your podcast, we was talking about, we was talking about my album. I know currently um, um, you you're, you're you're creating yours. Um, What's the name of it, and um, how you feel about it thus far as you're creating and putting together? What's the, um, how, how's it going? How's the project coming along? Are we talking about the album? Yeah, your album. Oh yeah, the, so the EP, it's it's a, it's basically an EP. It's only it's like nine tracks. It's a little over, maybe about twenty minutes, and it was kind of like a reaction to um, being on in, on in shelter in place, quarantine or whatever. Just thinking like, man, I, I've been working at putting an album together for three years and I never, and I hadn't got the chance to record. It's a lot of the, a lot of good things happen, like getting acting work and consistent acting work. And, and it's kind of just been like my, my life has just kind of changed in a lot of ways. And just like my, my stuff at my job is and everything. I'm like deeper, deeply entrenched in my day job. And there were just certain things that were coming up where I wasn't able to record but I was still doing a lot of stand up and having, you know, good sets and everything. So I was just like, man, I got some stuff that I could put out, get Andy to clean up the sound and uh, put something out, put it, put some jokes out that I feel proud of mm-hmm. and uh, just put something out there to just say, you know, I was here yeah. uh, in this, <laughs> in this, in this capacity, yeah. making people laugh for a little bit. And uh, God willing, we come out of this, uh, 
I got more in, in store. But uh, right now, uh, and, I, and I know I kind of know what I want the album to look like, and I got the the jokes that I want to you know live. I want the, I want to have the jokes to live up to that album cover. Uh, but currently, this EP that I have now is called Failed Running Back, yeah. uh, Setups and Punchlines, Volume One. Mm-hmm. It's a bit of a, an homage to Jill Scott, okay. um, and how like she kind of just uh, came on the scene out of almost out of nowhere and just blew everybody away off of that uh, Hidden Beach record label, whereas that's like an indie label. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, I've seen you know guys like Andy Randolph and Tim and yourself more recently put out projects independently and it's just kind of been an inspiring thing to just witness as like a colleague of you guys and uh you know to just see that and i said let me try to just put a little a little something together and that i that i feel good about and then and then just take it from there but um i'm really happy about it and it's it's uh I want to see how it does. I hope people. I hope people enjoy it when it comes out. When? when does, oh, when, do you have a release date yet? Release date is May fifteenth, and mm. uh, I'm, I don't know how. I've never done gone through the CD baby process, so I'm kind of getting there with the distribution and stuff. Where, yeah, you know, it says that it's been delivered to the certain places. Well, like, where is it? I don't see it. Can I? How much <laughs> does it? How much does the shit cost? How much do I say? It costs when people come ask me about it on their podcast and all that stuff. So I'm at the uh, at the point where I'm just kind of like, what's going on? And but it's it's going to be what it is. I, I'm not worried about it too much, but I just like to have the link up. So I'm excited for everybody to see the album cover and all that stuff. So you know, it'll yeah. it'll it'll be it'll be out soon. Yeah, I know. Um... I, I I can speak for myself. Uh, I'm I'm big on like numbers, and uh-huh. and like trends and stuff like that. And um, so like now that it's out, like I'm I'm constantly looking at because you you can set up an iTunes artist page, and uh, yeah. a Spotify artist page, and like all these different artist pages. And I'm I'm like entrenched into like these pages, like because uh, they, they give you like the statistics of the past week or the past month, et cetera, et cetera. And you just I'm like I'm entrenched in this. I'm just like, hey, what are my numbers look like? <laughs> and, yeah. You know, it's just like you constantly. I had to, I had to like will myself off. Especially, did you? Um, are you doing any pre-sales? Are you doing any pre-sale setups or whatever? I'm trying to. I did the. I did the setup. I was. I did the thing where it was like, you know, I have the pre-order date, so I want. I want that. Mm-hmm. But I don't even know if that shit's gonna happen. I'm. I'm kind of. I'm kind of like trying to see what's up with with this whole thing i'm checking that i just want to be able to give people a link so so they can pre-order it but i just think it it takes a while i think now in this time they were saying that due to like covid19 that you know everything is you know they're everything's kind of backed up yeah it's just something i've noticed like recently well like within this these last six weeks have been just kind of like Okay, uh, if you go to Amazon, you can't. It's hard to get groceries. It's hard to if you're trying to get electronic equipment to do podcasts or live streams. The webcams are on back order. That's sold out, or all this stuff that you you know would wouldn't think about like two months ago to get. It would just everybody's trying to get them. Yeah, and it's kind of like a it's kind of a shit show. But uh, I was able to get a webcam. And uh, 
like from eBay that I think I think I've overpaid for. <laughs> you know, I think it's like they they kind of just like ah fuck it, I need it. No. So I just like like this guy's in Vermont. Like I started looking at where yeah, this might be cheap, but this this seller is in Tokyo. Yeah, I you know I'll this will if I get get it from this guy in Vermont, I can get it in three to five days. So you know. Yeah, I've I've um I've been going shopping or whatever, and um mm-hmm. and I, I, it's funny because I was um looking at Facebook and I one of my friends posted, and um and I kind of feel the same way too. Uh, he wrote and I quote, "Who the fuck is out here buying all the damn grits?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like who's buying all the grits? Like, you don't realize, how, like I like for me, like I didn't mind the toilet paper being sold. I'm not a toilet paper guy. All right, I'm not a toilet paper guy. I'm a flushable white guy. All right. Same here. Yeah, I didn't. But like when all the toilet paper was gone, like ha, no one's using the flushable wipes. And I go, I make that, I make that, you know, that turn to the corner with the flushable wipes there because they're like in a whole other section. Mm-hmm. And they're all gone. I'm like, when did y'all start wiping your ass with flushable wipes? <laughs> yeah, dude. I, I panic ordered some early from Amazon, mm-hmm. and uh, so I'm, I'm I'm good for a while. But yeah, I. I went into CVS uh, about two weeks ago and got some paper towels. They actually, it was like maybe 7.30 in the morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I went into CVS and they had, they, the lady told me you could either get paper towels or toilet paper. I was like, okay, give me these paper towels that I, again, <laughs> paid way too much for. You yeah. know, like some bounties for like, I guess like maybe 20 bucks for eight. I don't know, CVS is expensive. Yeah. They give you all those coupons, but never for what you need. <laughs> like, here's a coupon for yeah. dental floss. The sticks. Exactly. And, like, I don't need dental floss at all, actually. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I just, um, I just, I, I've been going to the stores. I'm just amazed at, like, like you said, it's the little things that, like, you normally would get without even thinking. And it's like, when did, yeah. when did the world start using this? Because they're no they, overly stocked. Yeah, they're kind of panic buying stuff. And, like, I noticed how, you know, a lot of times stuff that, like, I talked about it with uh, Randolph and Andy and them, they were talking about, people on Twitter will talk about how frozen pizza's not good, like, DiGiorno's not good, and it's like, are you fucking, who, who the fuck, what, what are you talking about? Yeah. But, <laughs> uh, so DiGiorno ain't good, but I go into the grocery store and ain't there no more. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And one good thing, though, that a thing that I like that people don't seem to care about is salmon. Like, pink salmon in a can like bumblebee pink salmon yeah i've i like to make salmon cakes you can get about you could get at least four of them out of one four patties four cakes out of one can mm-hmm. and uh every every so often i can i like to do the fillets too i like to cook those and everything but i really like doing the salmon cakes as well but uh nobody's buying them so i'm like okay i know i could go into the store roll up and if I wanted to get some there, I have a few cans in my in my cabinet, so I'm good on those. Mm-hmm. So maybe you, in the coat. Now that you Go said ahead, that, sorry. no, now that you didn't said that, the joint's gonna be sold out. <laughs> Probably, you know. <laughs> you never know when you think about. And actually, you know, I want to make. I was looking on YouTube uh, last week. I made a prime rib mm-hmm. uh, on that. Saturday. Yeah, man, it was it was really good. Uh, I had I was so I'm two for two like Christmas time I made one and uh, for my, my parents and me mm-hmm. and it was great but this one's like a bigger a much bigger piece of meat so the steaks were a lot of a lot higher 
and uh, I, I, I rose to the occasion and held it down. And so now I'm trying to look at my next thing that I want to do. And I kind of stumbled on this John Legend's fried chicken. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to do that. Uh, but I, I was in the store, I think, two days ago. And I was like, ah, I should have got some chicken and I could have made, you know, you know, made did it. But mm-hmm. it's just fried chicken. It ain't it's nothing too extravagant. He makes his own like honey hot sauce. Yeah. And uh but they got this this honey sauce already called Mike's Hot Honey. That's actually pretty good. You can put it on your chicken and you, a lot of people put it on pizza. It's kind of like a craze. Yeah. So they already have that. Um but I I definitely would like to make myself some some fried chicken. Did you um when you made the prime rib? Um did you did you make the al juice sauce with it? What I did was I made this, like, uh, covering, like, this buttery. I put, like, a stick, like, a cup. I, I had, like, a couple sticks of butter, and I seasoned the butter, and I just made, like, a paste to go over the over the meat, like, to season the meat. And I uh, put salt over it, you know, and uh, I didn't make any au jus, but uh, it turned, it, the meat's tender. Um, I don't, you don't need any. I don't need any. Mm-hmm. But you definitely, it definitely does make like a, you know, it definitely makes juices and stuff. But uh, yeah. you know, I had I had some the, a couple of days ago with some eggs and hash browns. It was pretty good. <laughs> I was um, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, um, I, I slowed down on the red meat as much, uh, but I, I love I love prime rib and whenever we go to the restaurants, whatever. And um, I used to work at a restaurant. Oh damn, I used to work at a restaurant. And, um, Where you work at? Where, uh, which restaurant? Out in Norfolk. Um, when I when I was in high school, yeah, did I graduate oh. high school? Uh, it was play. It was it was a hotel, but it, um, but they had a restaurant in there. It was called Lake Wright. Okay. And um, we used to steal them them prime ribs, yo. And that was oh, first time. Yeah, I used to have, uh, and they used to measure it. They'd be like, how much prime rib was sold, and they measure it, and they say this is the amount that should have that it should be left over. But every now and then we'll put like you know after our shift we would you know make a little to go plate, and they be like, hey buddy, what you want? And I'm like, yo, let me get some of the prime ribs and um, let me get a prime rib and some shrimp. You know, I steam my own shrimp and stuff like that. Cause we had a steamer, and uh, that was okay. and that was my first time. And then you know I would double I would double dip that um aljou get get some aljou and you know let me get like, two or three of them them aljou cups and everything. So um, <laughs> so from there I just I, I I couldn't do it I couldn't eat it without the uh, the aljou. And I remember one time I took my mom out to eat, and she she saw me order a prime rib, so she ordered one too, and she didn't get the concept, so she just layered it up with a one sauce, and I was disgusted. Yeah, that's that's what we do though. <laughs> that's what we that's what we do. Like it's not. I mean, it's a thing. Like we, it's either gotta be. And the the first time that I made the prime rib, mm-hmm. I was like, I know that it's gonna be pink. It's supposed to be pink. Yeah. It's good if it's pink. Yeah. But if you, it's like black people, we like to cook our shit all the way through. Yeah. And and the first time I and and you kind of lose taste. You, you don't it don't taste as good sometimes. Yeah. So I, it, I think it's because of the the size of the meat that that I that me and my dad had bought. Mm-hmm. It wasn't it wasn't pink. It was it was it was great, but it wasn't pink. So my mom, my mom is like your mom. She would say, "Why is it pink?" And you know. We'll try to put all this other stuff on it and what's not and try to or stuff it back in the oven to, you know, cook it up more. Mm-hmm. We do that shit, man. <laughs> we just have to, we got to, 
try to expand our minds as yeah. a culture. I know we're not a monolith, but at the same time, we still got to... And I didn't realize that shit that, like, when you hang out with, like, people that are, like, wealthy. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember the first time I hung out with, like, some rich people. We went to see a play and, like, some family friends. They took me to a Broadway show and... um and they had like steak and they said, yeah, just get it like medium well. Like you don't have to, it don't have to be well done, just medium well. I was like, oh, yeah. this does taste different. This is like, you know, I don't know. Are you, do you, I don't know. Like I, I find like sometimes steak, I feel like I can make a better steak at the crib yeah. than if I went out for one. Yeah. Um, I'm a grill. I'm a, I'm a griller. So. Okay. I like the grill, so I don't need an excuse to get on the grill. I just need good weather. I just need to be bored. I just, yeah. need, I just need my kids to be like, hey, daddy, grill. And I'm like, all right, whatever. Let's go. <laughs> uh, daddy, grill, now. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's one of those things. So, you know, I get a, you know, I get a couple you know, I get a couple of steaks, maybe like a T-bone or whatever. And mm-hmm. um, season never real good. Uh, the woman don't like it because she likes to be able to marinate her stuff overnight and then throw it on the grill. Uh, dude, sometimes you don't need, dude. Like I, I remember watching a YouTube video of this guy from Harris Teeter, mm-hmm. and he had a porterhouse, and he's just like, you put salt and pepper on it, and you like you you put it you cook it on 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 each side for four minutes, then after you're done with that, you put it. If you're not grilling, this is if you're just doing it at the crib, yeah, not at not outside. Yeah. And he was like, oh, you just put and then put it in the oven for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And you good? And I've I used I've done that, uh, and it's been great, dude. Like Outback Steakhouse, which used to be a family restaurant, I can't eat there anymore, man. It's not it be messing me up, dog. Yeah, I don't know what that is. I don't know if it's just getting me getting older, not being able to take that that food or like or what. But it's kind of sad because that was a spot where me and my my parents used to kick it at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It used to be Chesapeake Bay Seafood House. Yeah. Then it's with. Did y'all have that 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 far down in VA? Uh, Chesapeake. Yeah. I think you know what? Maybe, but it might have been um, one of them high class places. No, it wasn't high class. Well, for for us, for our economy down there, it might have been. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, because like for us, you got to understand. I remember growing up, and, and and like I left when I was in my mid twenties. So I was around twenty seven, getting close to my thirties. Okay. So by that time, you know, like. You know, Valentine's Day, the Olive Garden and Red Lobster was packed. That, oh that, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? That was that was us. So mm-hmm. any, so I remember uh, when going on a date one time with one of my exes, and she took me to some restaurant that was like right down the street from my um my my old job, which was when I was talking about Lake Wright. And um, mm-hmm. we was ordering food, whatever. And I saw the, and she was like, "You gonna like this place? This one's on me." And I looked at the price; it was like a hundred dollars for a steak, and I'm like, "My God." Oh wow! You know, what I'm saying? <laughs> like we was big on like Red Lobster, Olive Garden, and like buffets. So anything outside of that wheelhouse was just like expensive to us. Period. So. <laughs> oh well, Chesapeake Bay Seafood House. If you got listeners that that are from like PG County, mm-hmm. it's just like the same. It's the equivalent of Red Lobster. Mm-hmm. Like that was like a lot of people. I mean, Red Lobster was a spot for a lot of people. My dad's favorite place was Chesapeake Bay Seafood House because he could get all-you-could-eat spiced shrimp. My mother would get the crab legs, and <laughs> I would just get the chicken. Yeah, I get fried chicken, and I like the hush puppies. But uh, 
it wasn't like it wasn't like Phillips or what's that place that's um uh man McCormick and Schmicks. It wasn't like oh, that. I love that place too. McCormick and Schmicks. Yeah. Oh. One time my dad, my parents got like a gift card because they signed up for something and they we went there once and like I think maybe like in I think it might have been in DC or Virginia somewhere we went. Mm-hmm. Crystal City or something like that. But yeah, like yeah, my I mean, I would I didn't become a, I'm not really a big seafood guy. I'm mm-hmm. more into it now. Like I like I like my salmon and everything like that. But yeah. uh my when I was telling you when you did my podcast, um I didn't, since we're talking about restaurants, there's this random, well, so we were in North Carolina for my uncle's funeral, sad occasion, mm-hmm. but when we got finally, when we got down there, my mom's uh, other, my, my other uncle, he took us to this place that I, we had been before, it was like this, oh my God, it was in Eden, North Carolina, it's just like this small town, right before you get, to, like maybe like a half an hour, 20 20 minutes from Greensboro, North Carolina. Yeah. This fish spot, it was fucking amazing, dude. Mm-hmm. Like the shrimp, it was just like a, it was just like a regular fish spot, man. It was incredible, dog. It was so good. You know what's funny about those, like those little small places, like the little hole in the wall places? Mm-hmm. That's where the food be at, though. That's where it's the <laughs> best, dog. It the be smacking best. right there, yo. It smacks right there in the hole in the wall. Yep. And I had a steak there, and I had uh, some shrimp, and then I think my I think my dad got a grouper, and one my mom might have got catfish. My other uncle he got my uncle got like he got like cat. It was so good, man. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a fish. It was incredible, but you know it was um, it was amazing. How do you um? I don't know if you're in the hot dog and stuff like that. I, um, how how do you like your hot dogs on the grill? I'm not a hot dog guy, but if I had to, I like them burnt. Okay. Uh, I think I had a, a weird experience when I was a kid, and I just never <laughs> liked You know, if you eat too much or something's bad, you just, like, I throw up, and you're like, I'm not eating that again. Yeah. But uh, it's not, you know, I don't look down on anybody. It's just not my thing. I'm a burger guy. Yeah. So so, so how long you keep your burgers on the grill? I just like them to be done, like, medium, medium well, like, mm-hmm. It just depends. Like I, I've, I'm not a big grill guy. Mm-hmm. I can do it, but I'm just, I'm just not. I just still live in a, I live in an apartment, and we, I don't grill that much. Um, and usually other people are doing it. But if I'm at my parents' house, God, when we grill, my parents just bought a new grill. So yeah. the next time I'm able to go home, we'll probably, probably do more of that. Yeah, I just um, when I when I grill, I normally put the um, the dogs on. Yeah, and then I just go do a chore or something. Yeah, <laughs> I just, let me go cut the grass. When I come back, they should be good and black. Oh <laughs> damn, you do that? You do all that? Yeah, I just <laughs> let me go. Do you forget that they're on? Oh no, no. I mean, I I, 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 I pull some off, but you know, yeah. if you have like company, whatever, you know, the ladies, uh, I always get the, uh, you know, I'm like mm, you could leave mine on a little bit longer, you know. And so yeah. and it's like, well, oh, I like mine's black, and it's like, well, how black do you want it? So sometimes I be like, I pull some off that has like the, the, the with the grill marks on it for those Wesley like, Snipes or Yafet Kota. Which <laughs> which which one? I normally go like South Africa black, deep okay. as dark as Africa black. <laughs> like I literally walk away. They, yeah, they, they're swollen. Like the ends puff up on the ends and everything. They're black, and I'm like, okay, this is what you want it black, and then. 
you know, I get some complaints. Oh, it was just too black. Like, well, you didn't say how black. You right. wanted your hot dog. You just said black, you know, and I pulled it off. And you said it was too early. Now it's too late. I don't know what you're Some people can be too picky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's, 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 a, it's a tricky thing because you, you say black and I get you black. And then it's too black. I don't know. <laughs> and then you just say, "Get the get out of my house." Yeah, basically. How about you just go home? Yeah, man. Um, the uh, mundane festival podcast. Mm-hmm. How'd you come up with this? How, how, what was the concept behind? Like, because that's that's a very uh, unique name. It's. I was trying to do something like it's just almost like it's a podcast about nothing, but it's really not. Mm-hmm. It was just some weird ass name. Like I had a. a in grad school, I had a uh, state combat teacher who was kind of like a sarcastic type of guy. And I think one time he said something like festival of sadness. Mm-hmm. And I kind of like he was just saying that. And I, I just thought like I just liked the mundane festival where it's just kind of like I talk about things that may not be that important to a certain degree. But then I then I can like. uh I don't know. It's just like talking about things that may not be super important, but then I just, it's a festival of that. Yeah. Um, so I don't know, man. It's just, it was just a, a name that I liked that I, and uh, it's kind of just become like, uh, it's a chat show. Like I do it by myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've done it a lot by myself and, but mainly it's better when I'm talking to another person. Yeah. Uh, you kind of, it's, you, I really mainly it's become kind of a thing where it's been like, I talk to other artists, uh, comedians, musicians, all kinds of people, and talk about their origin stories and talk about how they came, got to be the people that they are. And then we, you know, just kind of shoot the shit with another creative person. And um, it's been fun. I've been doing it for seven years. Sometimes I think about, I usually think about quitting every time, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, my, I have a, a a, a small but mighty uh, Patreon following, and uh, they keep me going, and uh, it's it's still it's still fun though. Yeah, I um, I I've been in this podcast game for a while. Oh, I've been mm-hmm. in I've been in and out. Like I did it when okay. when, when it first started, mm-hmm. when it was like that big boom where everybody thought because I used to think you had to do it in a live studio, you had to do it like in a makeshift studio. And we had like our own um, radio station, internet radio station. Yeah, and I didn't know anything about like the actual podcasting, podcasting. If that makes right. sense. And um, so I did it strong for like four years, and then that's okay. when my friends like ran off of Andy. And um, I was like, "Yeah, they were like, don't you got a podcast?" And I was like, "Yeah, but you know, I don't have no studio, so I, it's hard for me to record." You know, like, you don't need a studio. You have a living room. <laughs> Just get yeah. the equipment. And I didn't realize. I spent like two hundred dollars in like studio rent, in like a month, mm-hmm. just to record, <laughs> just to, you know, just for like an hour or whatever. And um, yeah, uh, I think for me the struggle is I don't know what I want to do with the podcast because I had like the first the first iteration had like eight people. Uh, mm-hmm. It was me and eight people just talking um, every Saturday, and then it went to like three, then it just went to me and my friend Michelle, and then. Um, um, now I'm home, so now I um, like do it by myself, like you would do it by yourself, or I have a get or have a guest on. But if I don't have nobody on, and I get bored, then I don't want to do it no more. <laughs> then I'd be going yeah. through these lows where it's like, okay, I don't feel like recording, so it'd be like months 
you know, and I mean, I have like followers. I have like 40 some followers, whatever. And it's like, ah, I don't. Guys, I know I haven't recorded since February and it's December. I know, guys. I don't. Oh, <laughs> but Podbeam is constantly taking her money. So, I, uh, so how do you stay motivated? <laughs> well, wh- the way that I, I've been doing it for seven years, uh, mm-hmm. and I haven't. I've taken a, a some breaks and stuff, you know, when I've had to work and I have to do do certain things, but not that I haven't taken any breaks that were that long. But uh, I I keep. I say my Patreon subscribers keep me going for the past couple of years because they pay for the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, my when I get to have conversations with people like you, you know, to to be guests on my show, mm-hmm. um, that keeps me going. And uh, sometimes people ask, and you're just like, "Oh, really? You want to do the show? All right." Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so it's just kind of like it's just kind of like that, and you know. Um, and it, it's a, it's a way that you kind of keep in touch with your friends to a certain degree. Um, you know, I think it's just a, it's just kind of a part of the game now. Like it's, it, I don't do it just cause like, Oh, you get a fun. Like I, I, I have a few hundred people that listen. Uh, it's a, it's a very modest, it's a modest, uh, following, but, um, I think I just really, enjoy, it's helped my stand up a lot too. Mm-hmm. Um, for it helped me like to like, uh, just be conversational and and uh, all that good stuff. So it says it's there's more pluses than minuses with this in this game for me. Yeah, like I didn't know yeah. how big the podcast community. Like like I, I do stuff because like I'm interested in doing it. I didn't mm-hmm. realize like once I started like doing three G O. Yeah. Like I started becoming like a I guess a regular. Well, you're sock puppet number one. Yeah. <laughs> So I mean, you're, you're more than a regular. Yeah, it's th- that's dude. That's kind of how I, I mean. I started doing their show. Uh, I I would do my buddy uh, Paul Verzi. Mm-hmm. Uh, he him and uh, I got a buddy named Christian Polanco, who's uh, on this. Uh, he's got this podcast called the so- the Cooligans. It's a soccer podcast, mm-hmm. and they they've blown up to do a TV show now on Fubo Sports and. Uh, Christian and Verzi were like, they were like, yeah, this is how you do it. I remember having dinner at, at Paul's house uh, a little over seven years ago, and he showed me this is how you do it. We recorded it, uploaded it to Podbean, and that's how you do it, man. And uh, one, when I got my income tax, uh, the, like that, I guess maybe that a month, few months later, I bought a Zoom, and the rest was history. And, and Andy helped me out with the audio uh, several t- several times, mm-hmm. and uh, I was like, Andy, what do I do? Ah. <laughs> I had I had one of my favorite rappers, uh, Sky Zoo, on uh, years ago, maybe like maybe like 2015 or something like that. And my audio, it was only you could only hear his audio. I had because my mic cord was messed up, mm-hmm. and and Andy got it working, so it was a it was listenable. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, that was a. a uh, an experience, uh, but uh, Sky Zoo was great. You know, he, you know, so things like that happen. Yeah. I've been able to, you know, to do some fun things. Do you, um, like, like, like I said, I'm new to this, so, um, like, this, like, even like today, um, I'm on Twitter. I'm trying to be more active on Twitter, and mm-hmm. um, somebody retweeted something that I, like, I retweeted something, and they retweeted it, 
And I'm like, who? Okay. And I'm like, yo, who the hell are you? So then I go and I click on the name. Then I got look at the followers, who they follow. And it's like everybody in the podcast community. And I'm like, okay, I got to get used to it. I was telling my, I was telling, I was like, yo, I got to get used to this because there are people who listen to different podcasts I've been on who are just following me. And I, yeah. I you know, it's like, I got to get used to that because <laughs> I'm used to people like following me that know me, you know, or, right. I, or I'm like, yo, you follow me on Twitter because you enjoyed my set. You know, mm-hmm. that's somebody who listened to me that I didn't know listened. And it was like, oh, I'm going to follow you now because <laughs> I like you. It. have fans. You have people that like you and they, they follow you and they like what you say or you, what you tweeted or something. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's, that's pretty much how it works. There's going to be people that don't. Uh, I had a couple tweets go viral. I was very, like, modest. Uh, but I've had, I've had, a, I had a couple of uh, big days with some tweets. But uh, mm-hmm. it just depends on how, who retweets it and if it goes viral, who sees it. How do you um, how do you react to that though? Like how do you react to like like if you get a retweet or whatever and then it's like yo who who just retweeted it? <laughs> Dude, like do you go that deep or is like you just like oh uh, just, another, just another just another Tuesday? <laughs> I think it's cool. I like the fact that people get it. You know, it's just it's kind of a it's like a, a different like what do you call it the the endorphins like mm-hmm. it makes you feel it makes you feel good. Oh, I made a bunch of people laugh or they liked it. Yeah. Um, you know, like it's it's cool, but it, it you know. I don't I don't really think too much about it but it's nice to, it's nice when you when you get some yeah cuz I think some I think that I am better on stage than I am on Twitter mm-hmm. uh so I try to I try to I try to get some spots hit hit some you know like so a lot of a lot of comics like to do t- a live tweet award shows mm-hmm. uh and you try to a Super Bowl like big major events where you use a hashtag and uh you know and more people can uh, follow you. They click on like last night. I I live tweeted "Little Fires Everywhere" the finale, mm-hmm. uh, the the Kerry Washington Reese Witherspoon show. Yeah, and uh, a couple people will retweet and stuff like that. But um, you know, it it just it just depends on what you're into. Like if you're into like obviously like you love wrestling, like WrestleMania mm-hmm. or Monday Night Raw. If you get in, they're like, oh, Mike B likes Raw. I'm going to follow him. Oh, he's a comedian. Oh, this guy said something funny about Monday Night Raw. Oh, who's this guy's funny? I'll check him out. I'll listen to his podcast. And now you have people that'll, you know, follow you and enjoy what you put out. What's your um, social media platform of choice? Twitter is the my favorite because you just connect with people really quickly. Uh, it's a really good news aggregator. Mm-hmm. You get to find out like what's going on if there's a big event, somebody passes away, or your favorite musician puts out a album. Like one one really cool night was uh, one cool day was like where Little Brother, one of my favorite hip hop groups out of out of North Carolina, mm-hmm. they were not to get they came together and they put out their album last August. Nobody knew about it, and they were just like, "Oh, this album's coming out at midnight," and everybody's like, "Oh my god, oh shit!" And so when the album dropped at midnight, they had like this listening party. Uh, I was not there for the listening party because I fell asleep, but <laughs> it, it was, that was I had very to get old up of at, you. That was very old. I know. Of you, <laughs> yeah, I had to get up at four thirty, but you know, it was popping. You know, it was really cool, and it 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 was an event, and you. 
get to see what other people think about your project and you know little those were two two of my favorite MCs and uh mm -hmm. it was a really cool event like people you know really enjoying these battles that that are happening on uh, versus on Instagram live yeah uh people live tweeting that so it's it's a it's a communal experience um i'm going to be a, a bit of a hipster and say that i was kind of uh, a little before my time where I used to get up early on Saturdays just because I would naturally get up and I would be up. I used to live tweet uh, corny ass movies. I used to live tweet movies that I would rent from Redbox <laughs> and uh, just to, just to pass the time. And now it's become like a really big thing. Like I used to, I used to uh, live tweet pretty little liars because mm -hmm. another another comedian uh, got me into the show, and uh, and it got to the point. I think I lost some cool followers, like Barry Jenkins, who directed Moonlight. He used to follow me, mm. <laughs> but I think because I, he got a little more, he got a little more famous. But I knew about him from like since 2008, since Medicine for Melancholy, and um, I tried to get him to come to a show that I was doing in San Fran when I was opening for Chris Hardwick back in the day, um, maybe I freaked him out because I emailed him and was like, hey, I'm the comic, I love your work, whatever. But I wasn't, it wasn't like a stand letter. It just, you know, whatever. Anyway, he used to follow me. Uh, and then Hannibal Burris used to follow me. Mm -hmm. uh, and he doesn't anymore. But I think maybe because <laughs> I live tweet Pretty Little Liars a lot. No. <laughs> uh, probably lost out. But I love, I, I still love Hannibal because he, um, and I love Barry Jenkins too. But Hannibal was one of the first comics to give me a a, a good a look. Like he put me on at his show. He had, used to have this really popular show at the Knitting Factory in Brooklyn. Yeah, and he, and it was like the one of the top hottest shows in the city. And um, he put me up on there a, a couple of times actually. And when he had gotten too big to host it himself, um, so he used to have a lot of guest uh, hosts and stuff. Yeah. But um, he would, uh, I would say, hey, I'm doing my first theater. Would you, were you, are you able to put me up? Can I? And he would put me up. He was one of the nicest dudes like that way. When a lot of these, a lot of people that run these bar shows in New York City, it's they they got so much ego involved. And they're so exclusive and stuff. And it was it was harder to get on those shows than it was to get on at the Knitting Factory mm -hmm. like ten years ago. It was it's really it's really weird. And that 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 just showed me like if the more success that I get, if I ever get to a certain level, it's just to not be a dick. Because why? Because most of the famous people that I've met, successful people, they're they're pretty nice. Yeah. For the most part, like I met a lot of them as you have as well. You know what I'm saying? You worked with you worked with like people that are you know killing it in the game, and for the most part, they're pretty nice, right? Yeah, it's yeah, it's unbelievable. It's like unbelievable. Like you don't have to be this nice. You can you can complete. You could be a, a whole dick right now if you want to. Yeah, <laughs> but you can kind of be a dick, and I wouldn't be mad at you for it. Yeah, but they're but no, they're they're super nice. So that just kind of, I mean. I was raised, I was raised, I like to think that I was raised right and I wouldn't be a dick, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I guess it's good to know that and it's good to like kind of take note from being, to be that way as opposed to like just being an <laughs> asshole for no, for no reason, for your unpaid bar show. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, so. Yeah. What do you, um, 
how are you killing the time? Like you're you're doing you're doing your normal eight now that mm-hmm. comedy and acting um, has come to a screeching halt. Like how are you taking care of yourself um, during this pa- pandemic? Well, I did order some of those um, those resistance. Uh, uh, what do you call the what do you call those things? Resistance. Uh, oh, the resistance bands. Yeah, the resistance bands. So I got to get into that. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been. I need to start reading a lot more. Uh, when I I had a vacation, remember those? Technically, yeah. it wasn't a vacation. <laughs> I did a I did a week of of gigs at the Borgata in mm-hmm. Atlantic City, and I read two. I read. Did how many books did I read? I read two books. I read uh, uh, The Underground Railroad by Colson Whitehead, which I've been trying to, wanting to read for a long time. Mm-hmm. I read And I read this book called um, by Sarah Kinzior called uh, Notes from the Flyover Country. Uh, and she's got a new book out about Trump. She's like this, this uh, really super educated uh, essayist, thinker. And she's really good. I follow her on Twitter and stuff. So I need to get into her book. I need to rent. I got some Ta-Nehisi Coates books that i need to knock out Mm -hmm. so i just need to dedicate more time to that that's what i want to do um but mainly just trying to trying to cook more at home yeah i've been doing that um been cleaning my apartment i've i was on phase one of getting my apartment clean this weekend i'm gonna go through some stuff and throw some stuff away get rid of some of these uh cds um, like the the you know the ones that you burned you know mm-hmm. like the the disc CDRs or oh, the blank CDs. I'm not listening. Yeah, I'm not listening to those. You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I need to so I need to just kind of straighten some things up and uh, and just re you know that's what that's my goals for this quarantine. Hopefully we'll be out of it. Yeah. Within the next in the next couple of months. I've um I've done a lot. Um I've. I've learned how to, I've relearned how to cut my own hair. Um, I saw that. Yeah. It looks good, man. It looks uh, like you did a good job. Thank you. Yeah, I just in I was doing it before. Like I, I get I go through these phases where, um, like okay, I wanna I wanna learn how to do this in mm-hmm. case something happens. If that makes sense. Um, like I wanna learn how to cut my hair, not because of a pan. Like I didn't think of a pandemic. It just like one day I may not be able to afford to go to the barbershop and get my hair cut so i need at least to be able to do the basics you know that look yeah. presentable you know um uh who's something else i wasn't how to do who's oh yeah like i when i did my website i went with GoDaddy because i wanted to be able to update it without having to pay somebody i didn't want to do all the special coding and stuff like that i just wanted to be able to update it on my own uh whenever mm-hmm. i want to <laughs> if i decide to and um yeah so um like I started like um but it's real simple. It is you get a pair of oysters and you know and you can't mess up with those either cuz the blades are already um set to that to that height. If, if that makes you don't sense. rock that you don't you don't do the Andes clippers, you know? No, the no the Andes don't too much room for error. You know, you got open oh, okay. mouth, closed mouth, <laughs> all the extra stuff with the Well, oil. maybe that's why I've messed my hair up uh, quite a few times. Oh yeah, yeah. The the oysters 76 model um, their blades are specifically set for um, that length, if that makes sense. So, um, like the one blade is the closest cut you could get to, like it's low, so it's going to mm-hmm. show a little bit of your scalp. And then it's, um, so it's like the A, the one A 
um, makes it a little darker, and the two makes it darker. Now, if you're trying to rock a straight ball cut, it's the uh, triple zero blade. Mm. And, um, you know, I do is just keep it close to your head, and then you brush and you go where you cut in the direction of your hair um, is going, and then boom, I, I refuse to do the back. But, um,. <laughs> It's hard, man. It's it's hard to do. Uh, yeah. But yours looks good, though. I mean, I I would, when I was younger, I would do like my. I had a a cousin down in North Carolina. She cuts hair. She's a barber, and she uh, had given me some old clippers, and I think my dad my dad bought me a T edger from Andy. So I just use would use that mm-hmm. to shape my beard. For the longest, I I I've had like the the goatee and now that i've gotten elderly a little more elderly mm-hmm. i'm getting more facial hair like i can grow <laughs> like a full a fuller beard mm-hmm. so i've been using that to like kind of shape it up a little bit and it just shaped me up a little bit but i but mo- i would go to the barber like once a month mm-hmm. when i was growing my fro yeah i still have a fro but now i do but yeah. <laughs> Okay. Sometimes they make you they make you shave like when you do these shows, TV shows. Like mm-hmm. they'll make you cut your beard because they don't because if you're black, they don't like you being threatening, so they'll cut cut your shit. <sighs> you know, so you can look le- less uh, threatening. I'm glad you said that too. I brought it up in my I do a co opening like SNL. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, in the beginning, I was talking about. I don't know if you saw this yesterday, and um. This is probably going to come out in a couple of weeks. But um, uh, did you see the live video? I, I think I shared it yesterday on Facebook. Um, the live video of the uh, white people um, at the park with their kids, right? And um, one of the white people, moms mm-hmm. got arrested because they're not adhering to the shelter-in-place order. They want their kids out in the park playing, et cetera, et cetera. That's the new, the new thing. So, no, I didn't see that. Okay. So, this, then this white woman um, is Facebook living, went live, um, like, having all these, she's like, oh, my God, she was, they, this cop just arrested this mom for doing nothing at all, but just had playing with her kids in the park, and she wasn't doing anything, and now she's been arrested, embarrassing her in front of her kids. And what are you doing? You're you're taking away our civil liberty. We can't play in the park anymore. We can't do this anymore. Like I was listening to all of this, and she was like, "What is your badge number?" And the dude was like, and the cop was like, thirty four zero nine. And she was like. 30 officer badge number 3409 officer Fluffkus was arrested my friend for playing in the park with their kids and saying that they couldn't and I was I was looking at this live video and I was just amazed one it was like maybe 30 to 40 people up there um just in that in that vicinity like uh-huh. kids parents and everything not adhering to even social distancing no mask anywhere right the yeah. cop didn't even have a mask on. But the fact that the cop was asked a question and he gave the answer without being defensive, aggressive, anything, uh, I was shocked. Um, there was no backup being called at all with 40-some people around. And I, it's, it's hard for me to look at videos like that and not put black 
in in place or person of color in place of all of those situations and see the cultural differences of how how things are being played out. And I was just amazed that this cop was able to de de escalate the situation with no guns being drawn at oh, all. Oh yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, you know what it is, man. Like, cause it, they they, uh, they beat the shit out of a black kid, there's a black guy that didn't have uh, that didn't have his uh, his stuff. Yeah. Like he didn't have a mask, and they, you know, just give these people a mask or something. Yeah. You know, like they're people are they're ridiculous. Yeah. So, yeah, that's on my uh, Facebook wall and everything. Um, real quick, we want to wrap this up. We've been on for man. It was, it was funny, uh, Keith. On Twitter, it was like it was just like two old friends, two old new friends talking again. <laughs> We've been Shout old. out to Keith, man. He's a he's a big supporter of the the podcast community. Yeah, I, I had the pleasure of meeting him. Ooh, I want to say it might have been twenty. It had to be like possibly twenty eighteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I in uh, Connecticut. Um, I would, did a show in Hart was. Uh, I think it was in Hartford, Connecticut, and met him there. Him and his wife. Okay. Yeah, he's a he's a nice dude. Really, really supportive of everybody, man. Oh yeah. Uh, he um, we've been on this joint for like an hour, yo. Um, oh, okay. So uh, real quick, get, um, and I, and just text me information as well. Uh, let the people know how they can get in contact with you. Your uh, Twitter, Instagram, the podcast, upcoming album release, all of that, man. Sure. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Chris Lamberth, C-H-R-I-S, uh, Lamberth, L-A-M-B-E-R-T-H. And uh, you can check out my podcast, The Mundane Festival, and that's wherever you listen to podcasts, uh, Spotify, Podbean, Apple Apple Music, iTunes, whatever. Um, and the album uh, EP, whatever you want to call it, is called Failed Running Back. And you can get that on May 15th and uh, just follow me for updates on that. And uh, you can also check me out uh, in May on HBO, another blink and you'll miss me part on the, <laughs> uh, on the undoing uh, with Nicole Kidman and Hugh Grant. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, oh man. Hey, uh, Chris, Hey, uh, once again, thank you for letting me be on your podcast, man. And um, thank you for being on mine. Um, of course. Thanks for having me, man. Uh, gotta, Anytime. We've got to bring you back, man. There's like two two fish. Real quick. Um, nah, nah. Sure. Real quick. We'll talk about we'll talk about this another time. I'll, I'll put a pin in that one. And uh, we'll if bring... you want, you mentioned it, so I think now you got to ask the question. <laughs> no, I was. What movie was I watching? And um, and this is going to sound weird. I was watching. We was no. We was we was watching Ozarks. Okay. And uh, we was watching Ozarks, and you know the um, the FBI agent, right? The gay one. Yes. Yeah, the gay, the gay, the two gay agents, right? And uh, he he was in love with because he was in too deep, undercover mm-hmm. with the uh, with the with the bearded white guy, mm. right? And um, and you know there was like fishing. They did the backstory towards the end where you know the, him and his other lover was like going fishing, whatever. And um, I forgot who I was talking to. I was like, man, how come fishing always represents down low? I didn't know that. Yeah, like in Brokeback Mountain, it was all surrounded around fishing on Brokeback Mountain. Oh, I didn't th- I didn't re- re- remember that. Like I I just thought that they would go camping. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, but I guess you did you would fish up there. Uh I don't know, man. I I don't know. But for interesting story, that dude that uh the black dude that was the gay the gay FBI guy. Mhm. 
Uh, very good actor. Uh, I saw him. I went to see him in this play. It, I didn't know about anything about him. Let me get his name. I hate when I don't know somebody's name. I like to get these actors' names. Ozark. Uh, you can edit this out until when I until I get to it or whatever. Okay. On your end, uh, McKinley Belcher the third that plays Agent Trevor. Okay. Tre- uh, something, but he's McKinley Belcher the third. Anyway, this dude. Uh, I didn't know he was gay. I saw him in this play where him he was celebrating his uh, girlfriend's like anniversary. The the whole play took like nine, it was a ninety minute production, no no intermission, mm-hmm. and it was this great play about like this this man and a woman trying to connect and and how they got to their in their relationship. It was called the light, mm-hmm. and uh, he was fantastic. Like they were both him and his scene his. Uh, co-star uh oh my god now i'm fucking up uh shit see now i'm going down anyway <laughs> he was really he was really good and i follow the her name oh shit dude <laughs> now i'm gonna look this up um no, mandy i got follow her on uh instagram and i i follow her because she's she's very beautiful and very talented mm-hmm. mad at, oh my god Oh my God. Oh my God. Mandy <laughs> Madison. Yes. Okay. Mandy Madison, really talented actress. Um, so I followed her. I was like, oh, she's dope. And I followed the director and the and then like I saw where she posted a picture of her and her husband on like for Christmas. And McKinley was in the picture and he was with his partner. I was like, oh shit, he's gay. <laughs> you know, I was like, oh, this dude is dope. Like he's good. He wasn't, you know, you could you couldn't tell. I mean, like, he's a good actor. Um, that's a, a story about that. So I, I I don't know what you can edit that out. But, oh, no, uh, no, that's fine. No, I would just... but it, he's good. I didn't know that, but I guess going camping, you know. Yeah, the only reason because I like the movie Brokeback Mountain. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm one of I was one of the people like, man, y'all should go really watch. This is a really good movie. You guys are really shortchanging yourselves because of your homophobia. <laughs> but you've really got to check this movie out. I I like it was a good movie, man. I'm an yeah. Ang Lee fan. Heath Ledger was great. Gyllenhaal's great. Yeah. I love Michelle Williams and Hathaway was good. It's a good movie. I need to see it again. I actually I actually did a bit about that movie. Um not anything like not anything. Don't cancel me guys. Yeah. It wasn't about like homophobia. It was just basically about like my dad likes uh, he likes westerns and he also likes movies with like really nice scenery. And that movie <laughs> has really nice scenery, but he just got a movie with really nice scenery with a gay a gay love story. And, uh, he he actually he actually liked it. But I used to do a bit about him. Uh, it was something about like Shia LaBeouf in this movie called The Greatest Game Ever Played. It was one of my first big bits. Mm-hmm. And I wish I had the the tape, uh, the actually the DVD from the comic strip. But it was actually, I don't know, you know, like when you first start doing stand up and you fucking kill and you think you're the best that comedian ever. Yeah. You do you do like a bringer show and like you fucking destroy. <laughs> uh, I don't know, but um, yeah, that's so funny that you mentioned that movie. Yeah, I would just um, because uh. There's there's a couple of scenes I and I'll, I'll tell I'll, I'll say this and then wrap it up, uh, sure. well, and then you you know whatever. But um, 
I was uh, I was telling like anybody that's like uncomfortable with the movie, they give you a heads up when something you know that you're not gonna be comfortable with pops up because you always had like the guitar string start before <laughs> like, <laughs> bang, bang. <laughs> like uh, oh it's about to it's about to go down y'all if you're not comfortable close your eyes it's, it's happening in like another three another three or four seconds it's going to go down like, boom, 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 boom. like it's it's too late if you if you go past yeah. that yeah yeah they don't really go there like i mean even like a I think sometimes you kind of, like you were saying to your friends, like you can kind of shortchange yourself into not seeing a good story, you know? Like, cause that's, I mean, let's, I I remember seeing Moonlight, but, but, you know, bringing up, uh, you know, uh, LGBTQ, uh, A, I think, uh, films and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Like, I was a big Barry, I'm a big Barry Jenkins fan, and I loved his first movie, Medicine for Melancholy. And when I found out about Moonlight, I was like, oh shit. I don't give a fuck what it's about. It's the next thing that Barry Jenkins is doing. And I had to see this movie as soon as I could. And I remember they did this screening and I found out on Facebook that they, this gay men's group did it had, was going to have a screening and I was in a room full of gay dudes watching moonlight. I had, it was, it was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I got to see, I got to see the movie. It's a heavy, you know, it's a, it's a really heavy fucking movie, but I haven't, you know, I haven't seen it. I've seen it maybe twice, mm-hmm. uh, but I definitely I have it on on Blu-ray. I, I need to watch it again with his commentary track. Yeah the uh, the other the the reason why I bring up the fishing part is because um, there was the there was the scene where Heath Ledger's wife um, Ernest Gilmore I think that was his name his character name okay. um, mm-hmm. they're 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 having it out because she's finally fed up for all this activity. Mm. And um, she said, oh, yeah, this is after they got a divorce. And she was like, uh, I know what y'all was doing up there in Brokeback Mountain. And he was like, you shut up. Because <laughs> you, <laughs> you better shut up. And then she was like, no, nah, one day you came home. Remember when your daughter asked for you to bring some fish? And he was like, you better shut up, woman. And he was like, she was like, no, nah, I went when you went to the bathroom. I checked that tackle box. And that tackle box was dry as a whistle. <laughs> you said there won't no fish in the stream. You was cheating on me with that man, and she and she like he was like shut up, shut up, shut up. And he like he ran what, out. Was that Michelle Williams or Anne Hathaway? Uh, uh the blonde or the brunette? I want to say it was the ah, uh, it was the one that was married to Heath Ledger. Oh, okay, so that was Michelle. I'm trying to think what she met. Yeah, she was with him, and because that's how they met. That's how they met. Okay, yeah. I love Michelle Williams. Yeah, and uh, that's that's when it was like okay, and then in 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 this in in Ozarks season one, I think mm-hmm. it was like the last episode, whatever, like the last episode of season one or season, yeah, last maybe the second to last episode. Uh, they, they all he kept talking about was like tackle fishing and fishing and tackle and the local tackle <laughs> shop. And I'm like, why is down low or gay synonymous with fishing? <laughs> yeah, I had never heard of it. That I mean, that's a great uh, comparison. Maybe they maybe they were drawn from Brokeback. Yeah, I'm like, how's this happening? I don't know. Mm, maybe I might get canceled. I don't know. No, we're just talking. We're not saying anything <laughs> bad. It's always it's always like weird ground to tread. But I mean, I just admitted that, like you know, I. I mean, like me and my my buddy uh, Tim Hall did a. We talked about Moonlight for maybe two hours on my podcast, and you, I think 
the more you open yourself up to like other cultures and other and people live, it, it makes you begin to like find the comparisons yeah. and the similarities, like, especially like now, like, you know, I don't know if you've seen parasite, but that was the big craze last year. And, and during award seasons, how it's like, Hey, all you got to do is like, I'm not going to see this Korean movie. Mm-hmm. You know, I got I got to read while I'm watching a movie, and you know, you, you could either like either learn Korean or you could just read. <laughs> and it's like these like uh, actors are good. It's a good, interesting story. Sometimes when you take yourself out of your comfort zone, you you can get rewarded. You can get. Re- why would you block yourself from enjoying a good film yeah. or you know or or whatever? You know, I, I mean, we all have to kind of overcome like our our xenophobia and our insecurities and stuff like that. I, I, I struggle with that sometimes, but, uh, I think in my later age, I kind of just say like, Oh, what is, are they telling me a good story? (laughs) I'll I'll, I'll take it from there. I don't care. I just want to be entertained and moved by something, you know? And I mean, you can't really relate to a culture if you never ingratiate yourself. Yeah, yeah like, ingratiate yourself in that particular culture, whatever, whatever it is. It, like, um, like we was telling the story about the, the, um, I was telling the story about the Facebook Live. It's like, you know, which like I saw from that perspective, like they're uncomfortable being handcuffed in a park, and I'm like, man, that's that's you're uncomfortable with that. Imagine getting your ass whooped while getting handcuffed in a park. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's we, like these these people are just being like inconvenienced for yeah. a little bit. Yeah. And they they look at that as people infringing on their rights and stuff like that. You know, like like you mentioned that story, Tom Brady accidentally was trespassing down in Tampa Bay, but ain't nothing happened to him. Yeah. Now, if that was if that was Deshaun Watson, that shit could have been different. Yeah, it could have ended real yeah. bad. Yeah, man. So it's it's kind of like that they played it off like the shit was funny. Yeah. I just looked at the little blurb and Tom Brady had like quote tweeted it and was like, oh, you know. Ah. So you know, it's it's we I I understand that shit, man. Oh yeah, shoot, man. Let's go and um, bring this one on. It's been an hour and almost almost an hour twenty minutes, yo. <laughs> All right. Well, they got a special edition of Open Mic Radio, man. Oh yeah, man. Pleasure having you on. I got. I'm definitely gonna have you back on again. And um, can't wait to do your podcast again, man. I really appreciate you taking the time out and um, being here with me. Sure, and all, sure and thing, listeners. man. I right, appreciate bro. you, man. Thanks for having me. No problem. What up? This is Hurt, a.k.a. The Big Hurt, a.k.a. The Black Mountain. And right now you're listening to my guy, Mike Brown, on the Open Mic Radio Podcast. And that was Chris Lambert, everybody. I want to thank Chris for being on. I want to thank Chris for sliding through and um, sharing his talents and talking with me, takes the time out to talk with me on the podcast. Look out for his album, Fell Running Back. And um, thank you, man. Give it up for yourselves. For, um, um, just two old guys just talking about cooking on the grill. Can't nothing, <laughs> ain't nothing wrong with that. Well, in closing, <laughs> In closing, I, I say this. Uh, um, take care of yourselves. Wash your hands. Follow 
your particular wherever you're at wherever you're wherever you live at follow your particular state city counties shelter in place order um people just stay the hell in the house just just stay home a lot of y'all cry a bitch would be oh man Ah, oh, the commute. Oh, I gotta go to work. Oh, you ain't gotta go to work no more. You can work from home if you're unemployed. You know what I'm saying? Um, I pray for you and your situation. Hopefully, it gets better. But stay the hell home. No one's trying to be sick. You can either have a hot summer, and then after having that hot summer, you can have a. Uh, you can miss out on the thanks. There will be no more. There won't be no Thanksgiving, no Christmas, and no New Year's. Because this this pandemic, this virus won't be cured, or or settled, or even be fixed. Because we're too busy trying to satisfy our wants instead of our needs. And what we need to do is set our black asses, white asses, people of color asses, Asian asses, all asses in the house. Um, that being said, um, um, have a good night, and we're out. Hey, it's your girl, Trady Sade. When I'm not hosting Comedical Relief at Wonderland Ballroom, you can catch me listening to the Open Mic Radio Podcast.